doesn't need a whole lot of introduction in this house because he's been with us before. He's been with us for a few summers uh, with Sundays together in his church. My only sadness in having him with us this morning is that his church is not here to join us in mass, but we believe that God will do that again and we will be allowed to do it and it will be more glorious than it was before. But how many of you are here for the men's conference and you heard from uh, what, who Pastor Ivy affectionately refers to as Bishop Bill? And you are blessed by him. He has a word from the Lord that's an encouragement to your hearts this morning. I believe it will be transformative for many of you. I believe for some of you that are feeling kind of blah when you came in, this is going to be a word that's going to breathe life into your spirit, into your heart, and even literally into your body. And so I want to uh, introduce somebody to you that is not only a, a blessing to this house, but who speaks into my life personally. He's a personal friend. We travel together. Uh, there are times where I am, have a conundrum that I'm going over, and I say, Bill, tell me what to do. And uh, what I love about him is that he always has a word that encourages me to be as crazy as God calls me to be. He says, Amen. do what God has put on your heart. How many of you know we need people like that in our lives? And so I want you to welcome into the house this morning, welcome to the platform to share God's word. Pastor Bill Clark, let's honor him as he comes to share with us what God has laid on his heart. Bless you, my friend. I love you. Love you, man. Bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. You might be seated in the house of the Lord. It's just good to be here with you this morning. Is it still morning? What time is it? Yes, it's still morning by nine minutes. Praise the Lord. It's good to be with you this morning, and uh, we're just grateful. We're grateful to the Lord to be here. We certainly honor and respect uh, the leadership of this house. We, uh, we love uh, Josh and Lori, and we just praise God for them and for their leadership. Can we bless God together uh, for them? Praise God for that, and, and uh, certainly to Dan and Nancy Hamlin, who are our friends, and I, uh, they, we've been friends for years and years and years, uh, and I'll just praise God for them and for legacy and, and what they've sown uh, into the kingdom, into the body of Christ, um, and even as they steward in, in, uh, in a parental way uh, the, 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 the atmosphere here in the region, and they serve so many of us, we praise God for them. And uh, thank God for Tony. I'll stand up and wave uh, there, dear. Um, Praise God for my wife. 38 years going strong, and we just praise God for, for his goodness and his faithfulness to us. She is a shoe-in for heaven. Trust me. <laughs> because she has to live with me, so she's in. That's for sure. Okay, so we're, we're just, just grateful uh, to the Lord to have the opportunity to be here and uh, share with you. I want to get right uh, into the word. I feel like I have a lot to say, and um, even more than in the first service, I think. I'm not sure. There are a couple things I'm, I'm stewarding, and, and uh, uh, so uh, if, you, if you're okay with it, I'm just going to be free. Amen. And, um, and just, just flow with the Lord and, and, and see what he would say. So I want to talk to you this morning about winning, winning the challenge of transition. Winning the challenge of transition. And uh, if we can say anything about 2020, hmm, we could say a lot about 2020. It's like, don't even get me started about 2020, but we could, we could say a lot about 2020. But if we could say anything about it, 2020 has challenged everything that, that we've done previous. Everything, everything. 
And, you know, we, we were talking a little while about, ago about the conundrum of school and, and parents and, and, and what, what, what they're going to be faced with as it relates to getting the kids to school, whether it's all day or, or learning from home or a hybrid thereof, whatever the case may be. Um, we are being challenged by the day and the hour in which we live. Now, you just talk about school, but you could talk about the political side of things, and, and you could talk about all of the civil unrest. And, and wherever you fall out on that, there, there is much going on. Aren't you glad that God is God? Yes. I'm so glad that he's sovereign. I'm so glad that there, there is nothing that has happened, is happening, or ever will happen that will take him by surprise. Nothing has God sitting on the throne, wringing his hands, wondering what he shall do. Amen. Amen. Uh, you, you can be in wonderland if you want to, but God is not. He is not wondering, what, what, oh, oh, what shall I ever do? That is, that is nothing you'll ever hear God ever, ever say. And I'm so glad of that. And we stand secure in him. Amen. We stand secure in him and in the sovereignty of God. One of the, one of the things I love about the, the definition of the word sovereignty as it relates to God is, is not only does he rule, you know, he super rules, he's in charge, he is in control, but there is no contender. Right? There is, there is no one who has the ability to contend with him for, for his throne right? You, you know that, that Satan is not the opposite of God? Oh, you'll get that on the right home. He is, Satan is not the opposite of God. To be the opposite of something, you, you have to have equality, and he does not. He is a created being, and in case you haven't read it yet, the book says he's under our feet. All right, again. I'm going to leave that alone because I feel something stirring in me right now. Okay, so Let's go to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter number 19, and uh, I, I'm, I'm really not preaching from, from this, but this is a supporting text, if you will. I want to I wanna provide, if, if I may, just a little bit of a juxtaposition, not, for, not so much for contrast, but I, I want to point out what losing or failing or failing transition looks like. I want to point out quickly. We don't have time to read it all, but Genesis 19, and you highlight it, you read it later, in particular verses 15 through 26. Let me give you a little bit of a background, right? Abraham is dealing with God. God is dealing with Abraham. However, you think sometimes we think we're dealing with God. God is only ever always dealing with us, right? You think, well, I'm wrestling with God. Uh, yeah, right. You can't wrestle with God. Okay, anyhow, okay. You, you think right away about Jacob, but God only lets us contend to the degree that he would allow us to contend. I'll leave that for you to, to deal with till later. Abraham is, 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 is having this encounter with God. God says of Abraham, speaking of the quality, the depth of their relationship, God says, I can't do in Sodom and Gomorrah what I want to do without at least informing, informing Abraham. That's a powerful statement. Check that out in Scripture. 
And so God informs Abraham of what he intends to do. And Abraham bargains with God, if you will. If you find so many, will you spare it? And, well, what if you don't find that many? If you find this many, if you find this many, will you spare it? The, the, it goes on and on and on. Finally, God is, is, is released the angels to go. Lot and his family, Abraham's nephew, is there uh, in, in, in Sodom. And they go, they inform Lot, listen, this place is going to be destroyed. You have to leave. You have to go. And they're slow to go. You ever been slow to go? You ever been slow to go? I've been slow to go. Listen, every time, let me help you, every time that I've been slow to go, I've paid a price. Every time. Every time. They were slow to go. The text goes on in Genesis chapter number 19, and it tells us that literally the angels of the, the angel of the Lord grabbed Lot and his family by their hand and, and began to pull them out of the city. And they said, listen, we have a place for you to go, and uh, we can't destroy the city. Destruction won't come until you're in a safe place. How many of you know God has a safe place for you? Even in the season of COVID-19, hello, God has a safe place for you. He has a safe place for you, a place of security, right? At one point, the psalmist said, lead me to the rock that's higher than, than I. And that rock is Jesus. He is our safe place. I'm preaching better than you saying amen, but I'm not discouraged. Our safe place is Jesus. And so God has that. The angel said, we've got a safe place for you. Lot, can, Lot says, listen, no, I got another place in mind. The place you have, the thing you have in mind, does not compare to what God has for you. It doesn't. It never will. It never will compare. When you hear God say, I have a place, I'm doing this, it's better than anything you could conjure up on your own. It's better than any good you could imagine for yourself. It's better. Please look at somebody and tell them, say, his way is better. His way is better. His way is better. His place is better. His place is better. I've often prayed, you know, on the heels of a vacation, especially when the vacation has taken me to an island in, uh, in uh, Barbados. And, come on now. And I've spent time on that island. You know, I, I would think as I'm laying there sunning myself, the beach and the sand, the surf, I said, Lord, let me plant a church in Barbados. And you know what I get from God? Crickets. I hear nothing, 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 nothing. Because the Lord knows that my beach ministry would get most of my time and attention, right? (laughs) It's It's not his way for me. And I'm telling God, I could make it work. Lord, I'll do it. I'll be the... I'll be the hardest working beach bum on the beach. I, I'm, I'm saving souls on the beach for Jesus. Not happening. Not happening. Because his ways are not our way. Isaiah 55. Come on. It's, it's really not. It's not going to happen that way. Uh, uh, Lot had another place. It was the place called Zor. Uh, by definition, the Hebrew word Zor means little. I want you to grasp this. What you want versus what he wants for you is little, comparatively speaking. You don't have to settle for little where God is concerned. Amen. Amen. Lot chose little. 
Lot chose little. The angel of the Lord said, when you leave, listen, the only thing you do is you go and you don't look back. What did Mrs. Lot do? She didn't even choose little. She chose flat out disobedience. And the Bible says that she looked back. And upon doing so, what happened? She turned to a pillar of salt. She's she's just crystallized right there, even to this day. When you you fail the challenge of transition, what really it means is, is you're married more to what God is doing now than what God wants to do in your life. I don't care how good this move is, God's got a better move for you. I don't care how good this feels. We're experiencing this. And I, and I watched I watch the, 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 the first service. And those of you who weren't in the first service, I'm going to tell on the first service a little bit. Um, but with all of the technology and the, and the Facebook Live, and the, the, even dinosaurs like me are, have gone Facebook Live. Yeah. It, listen, the current, the current climate, the current situation has brought dinosaurs out of their cave. And we're involved in technology now where we go live. You have to go live because you can't, you, well, I started to say you can't put fannies in the seat, but I don't think you can say that in church, can you? I'm not sure. It's a, I'd said it anyway, right? Eh, if you have me back, good. And if you don't, Josh and I will still go for coffee. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got you've to be willing to shift. You've got to be willing to move as God moves. And it's not creating a move and then asking God, Lord, will you bless my move? Lord, will you bless my decision? No, I want to find out, God, what are you doing? What direction are you going in? And I want to flow with God. And the church said, when you, when you failing, failing the challenge of transition, failing to shift, means that you stand as a pillar of salt uh, honoring and worshiping what used to be. You, You do know the famous last words of a dying church, right? We never used to do it. I'll leave you alone. In about 20 minutes. For the next 20 minutes, you better buckle up. We want to win. We want to win in transition. I, I, I want to win personally, right? I want to win in my life personally. I want to, I want to move with God. I want, to, I want to ebb and flow with God. I don't want to fight. I don't want to try to swim upstream in the flow and in the move of God. At one point in Ezekiel's vision, he, you know, he saw the waters coming in under the threshold uh, at the altar and the waters came up and Ezekiel said the waters got to about my ankles and then they got to my knees and then waist deep and then chest deep. And he said, finally, the water, the flow of God, the move of God got so high until it took me off my feet. And, and listen, Ezekiel said, I didn't fight against the current. I just went with the flow. That's a word for you. That's a word for you. Lord, give us grace to float in your flow. Not choose my way over your way. Even though I don't understand it. Even though your way, I can't comprehend it. He, you, you promised me that I wouldn't be able to comprehend your way. But you did give me faith. 
Romans chapter number 12, verse number 3, the Bible says that, that, that Paul says that God has given to every man the measure of faith. You have faith to believe, to float and flow in the move of God. Even when it doesn't feel good, it doesn't look good, you don't understand it, it shouldn't prohibit your ability to flow with God. Why don't you encourage somebody to say, you better flow with God. Yeah, you better. I said that. You better. You better. You can't, this is a current you can't fight. Are you here? So let's win. Amen. Any winners in the house? Any winners? I shared in the, in the first service, I, I shared how, I, you know, in high school, I played, I played a little basketball in high school, a little ball in, in college, and, um, and then I quickly discovered that I, I couldn't do both, and I couldn't play ball and study at the same time. I just, I couldn't do it. There are many scholar athletes. I, I wasn't one of them, and so I had to leave one go. And uh, besides that, I was just too short anyway. So um, yeah, that was really more the reason, but I, that's another story. But I remember in high school and, and, you know, playing ball and I would sit on the bench and, and uh, you know, depending on the team we were playing, you know, I, I got playing time. I was sixth, seventh or eighth player off the bench. But I remember sitting there and the, the game was going on and I would say to my coach all the time, I'd say, put me in. I would, I would yell down to the coach, put me in, coach. I, I wanted him to know that I was there. He's the coach. He knows who's on the bench, right? I mean, he knows. But I, I, I just felt like he needed a reminder. I said, put me in, coach. Put me in. Somebody would score, and I said, he never would have scored that on me. Yeah. I foul him first. Yeah, fouls are, are, you know, they're legal. You get penalized for them, but they're legal. And, I, and I, I, I please hear my heart, and I'm saved now, but if cheating meant winning, I believe in Jesus, I'm saved, but I would cheat. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I, my kids will tell you that my, that's what my dad lives by. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. And boy, I was trying. It just didn't matter. I was in there. I'm going after it because I want to win. I want to win. Listen, God has given us in his word and through his power and through, through the indwelling of Christ, right? God, Colossians 127b says Christ in you, the hope of glory. You, you, you have a win on the inside. You have a win on the inside. You carry a win, you, not an L, a W. Right? Not an L, a W. Oh, I took an L today. I don't know how. I don't see how. Except you tried to do it in your own strength and in your own ability. But I can do all things through Christ, come on, who strengthens me. All things. Not some things, all things. Not this thing or that thing. All things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not in our own ability. It's not in our own strength, our own ingenuity. It's by the power of the living Christ. Are you here? And so I want to share a couple things with you. This is how we win. This is how we win uh, uh, the challenge of transition. First thing I want to let you know is is Psalms 46 and 10. Uh, In the King James, it says, be still. Other translations and paraphrases, uh, some say, cease from striving. But God says, be still and know that I am God. There are some things you are only going to learn about God sitting still. 
and I don't just mean physically sitting, but you got to be still in your head and be still in your heart. You have to learn to be still in your emotions and be still in your desires. Some of us, we're led around by our emotions. We just kind of swing back and forth. You don't have to say amen. I know you're here. We just swing back and forth. You ever encounter somebody, you don't know which person they're going to be when you see them? And you just saw them five minutes ago? Be still. Be still. Listen, and, 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 and trusting God and, and having the word abiding in us and, and, and having faith in God and the power of God and the word of God, you can be resolute in your emotions. You don't have to be led by your, your emotions. I cringe when I hear people say, oh, just follow your heart. Find that in the Bible. Find that. Jeremiah, Jeremiah talked about the heart. He said it's, it's, it's deceitful above all things, and it's desperately wicked. Jeremiah declared, who can know it? And you're telling somebody, follow your heart. No, you better fill your heart with the word of God. And let the word lead your heart. Ah, no, I refuse to be emotional. That doesn't mean I won't cry. I'll cry in a minute. I'll cry in a minute. You better not. Anyway, I'm saved. Anyway, hallelujah. Amen. You know, you know. It doesn't mean that, that we're, we're not emotional. We don't, we don't show emotion, but it, it, I'm not led by my emotions. I'm not led by my emotions. And so I cease. I, 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 I'm still, I still myself because I want, I want to know. I know that he is God. But listen, the, when you settle yourself, there is a revealing that happens in that process. God will show you another side of himself. He, reveal, he will reveal another layer of himself to you. And it'll bring you peace. It'll bring you comfort. It'll bring you joy. It will give you direction. You can navigate the transition, but you must cease from striving. Secondly, you have to come to him. The scripture says, ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat, come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost, Isaiah 51. Je Jesus, God is saying, come to me. I, I understand the transition. I understand. First of all, it's not in your ability. It's not in your labor. It's not in your ingenuity. Be still. Cease from striving. Then come to me. And if you come to me, I will supply your every need. I will bridge the gap in your life. I will fortify you. I will sustain you. I will preserve you. I will give you all that you need to navigate the new train. Are you okay? I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not worried about COVID-19. I'm not worried about Black Lives Matter. I'm not worried about all lives matter. My God, I'm not worried about any lives mattering. I'm, I, listen, I'm, I'm secure in Jesus. I'm secure in Jesus. That's where our help comes from. The Bible said, David declared, he said, in the time of trouble, he'll hide me. <laughs> he'll hide me. I'm not running away. I'm not running to hide. When he says he'll hide me, he'll protect me. He'll cover me. He'll keep me. He'll secure me. How you doing? 
I'm almost finished. So we cease from striving. We come to him. Uh, thirdly, we connect. We connect. You connect to God. Listen to me now. now and here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's this whole movement. I, I, I thought that it was dead, but turns out it's still alive. There's this whole movement. It's called Jesus and me. Are you here? Listen to me. Yes, it's Jesus and you and me. Say amen. It's not just you and him. It's us. It's we. We are the body of Christ, not you and Jesus. Listen, I I know you, you have to have and you must maintain an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I know the depth of your intimacy with Christ based on the depth of your intimacy with others. Oh, you get that on the right home. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you are no more intimate with him than you are with others in the body of Christ. It's, it, listen, it's pseudo. It's pseudo. You know what pseudo is, right? Mm-hmm, fake. Let's just make it plain. You, you, you can't be madly in love with Jesus and, and walk by me in the lobby. Oh, Lord, don't lose your shout now. Pastor Josh, I'm praying for the church. I pray that, you know, none fall away. <laughs> we are in this together. We are the body of Christ. You are not the body of Christ. I am not the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Can we please be the body of Christ? You may think in your mind that you have no need for me or someone else, but I'm here to let you know you couldn't be more wrong. Second Corinthians, I believe it is. I want to say Second Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse number 1, Paul declares that we are workers together with God. We are workers together with God. It has a dual, a dual connotation there. I don't have time to, to, to go in there and pull it apart and unwrap it, but suffice it to say that the previous verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, declares that, that there's a work that God and Jesus did, and we had nothing to do with it. We're the beneficiaries. We've been made the righteousness of God because he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that you and I could become the righteousness of God. We had nothing to do with that. He said, well, Pastor Bill, I had to believe. Yeah, but the faith you used wasn't even yours. He gave it to you. So don't get braggadocious. But in the very next line, in the very next line of the letter, Paul says, now this is where we come in, and we come in together. We come in together. One of the things I love about this house, I pray you recognize it. I hope you recognize it, and I hope you you lend yourself to it. You involve yourself in it. I love the way you serve at New Covenant. It's 
It is an incredible. Listen, I, I get to travel all over. You thought I was going to say the city. Nope, the world. The world. And I, I, it's rare to see people who serve the way service happens here. It's rare. It's rare to see team ministry like, I can only think of one other place in the, in the U.S., and we see that when we go to Pittsburgh. I won't name the church, but we see it at a church in Pittsburgh and, and few, few places else in the world like this. You understand, I believe you understand, I pray you understand, and, and if, you, if you haven't grasped this, I pray that you would embrace this. You understand the concept of body ministry. You understand the concept that we are better together. And that, listen, Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's, said that there is no one of us who is more important than the rest of us. Yes, I quoted the founder of McDonald's. I can quote Jesus and Paul if you like, but it was appropriate there, I thought, <laughs> to quote Ray Kroc. Come on. We, we, we understand our need for one for the other. And, and we recognize that it is together that we serve God. It's, it's our unity that makes us a church. Listen, do you know that unity, unity gives off a fragrance like nothing else? Like nothing else. Like no, nothing in the world smells like unity. Nothing. And, and let me tell you, let me give you a sign how you know, you, you know, you're, you, you're, look at somebody and say, ask them, are you smelling good? <laughs> this is a sign. This is how you know you're smelling good. That people who have been on the outside, that people who have, have, have been outcasts, they're drawn. They're, that fragrance draws them. Because they see, they, they recognize that they have the opportunity to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Are you, are you tracking with me? Nothing in the world smells like unity. Nothing. Nothing. It's powerful. It is one of the most powerful things in the kingdom. It's powerful. You, we can track through the Bible and we can see what people were accomplishing through unity, good and bad. Amen. You have to connect. You must connect with God, but you must connect with each other. And you maintain that connection. And listen, through tough times, through transition, through straining times, through difficult times, we maintain those connections. And listen, it's the difficulties that add strength and validity to the connections. At one point, the disciples, I think I alluded to it earlier, maybe it's Mark chapter 4. Jesus, you know, they're on a, the, 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 the Sea of Galilee, and, and Jesus speaks to the wind and the waves, peace be still, and... and uh, and in the final analysis, the, I believe the disciples, they looked at each other, and they said, what? What? Can I, can I paraphrase? What kind of cat is this? this you see this dude? <laughs> Even the wind and the waves obey? Uh, in, in the King James Version, I mean, let me dress it up and say, what manner of man is this? Right? What kind of man is this? That, that the elements 
obey him, that the elements respond in obedience to him, that there, there is a power that lies in us that can only be exhibited when we act as us. Jesus was, listen, my point is Jesus was acting in unity with the Father. Oh, God, how do I, can I, can I, can I, I don't want to chase a rabbit, but let's get off the path and watch this rabbit run. Can we do that? How much time do I have? Just a few minutes, just a few minutes. So here's the deal. There is, we talk about the power of us. Uh, Pastor, Pastor alluded to it. Uh, this morning in, in, in his open a, a little while ago. Ephesians 3.20, right? You all know that? You, you, you all know that? Now to him who is able to do King James now. This is King James. Please forgive me. But that's where I, I learned all my, 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 you know, my stuff there. King James. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we are able to ask or think according to the power in us. Okay. In us. Twofold. Each individual believer in God possesses power within themselves. But when, when I connect what's in me with what's in you and what's in you and what's in you and what's in you and what's in you, who could withstand that kind of power? Do you understand? The perfect picture of unity in Scripture, we see it in the relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Are you okay? Are you, you, nod your head if you're listening, please. Let me know you're out there. In a minute, I'm asked to turn the lights up so I can see. I don't know. <laughs> that there, there is this powerful unity displayed in him. One theologian had the audacity to argue in light of Mark chapter 4 and the storm that the storm was the will of the Father. If the storm was the will of the Father, why would Jesus rebuke it? A house divided. Come on, you all. Is anybody tracking? A house divided can't stand. He wouldn't rebuke the storm if it was the will of the Father. No, the storm came up. Jesus said, listen, this is only a season. It's only an opportunity for us to transition, to transition in our faith. At one point in the text, Jesus looked at the disciples and said, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Could it be that COVID-19 is asking the church, where's your faith? <laughs> Could it be that Black Lives Matter is asking the church, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Could it, could it be that the political climate is asking the church, where's your faith? Because when I read my Bible, I've never found in my Bible where God needed a president, a king, a senate, a congress, or anything to prosecute his will in the earth. If he didn't need them at creation, he didn't need them to sustain it. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. And I'm not preaching politics either. I'm preaching the truth of the word of God. We've chosen sides. And I wonder if the side we've chosen is the word. Are you okay? Oh, you might as well take a breath. It's okay, I'm leaving, but <laughs> you keep holding your breath. I don't know what's going to happen to you. <laughs> Come on here. There is this unity 
that we see in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and they deliberately show it to us as an example of what we could do if we would choose to come together. You okay? And so there, there needs to be connection. And connecting is intentional. You have to be purposeful about connecting. And listen, can you, can, hey, let's get together for coffee. Check your schedule. How's your schedule? Can you do it? No, I can't do it. I can't do it. You must be relentless, okay, next week. If that week is filled up, okay, let's go two weeks out. Let's go three weeks out. I, I wonder what would happen if you would be intentional about getting on somebody's schedule. And I usually tell people, if you invite, invite me for coffee, at least give me a piece of pie. Say amen to that. <laughs> say, say amen to that. At least give me some pie too. Come on. What would happen? What would happen, New Covenant, if you were deliberate about getting on somebody's schedule? And let me, let me, just, let me just help. From a pastor, I, I love to protect pastors. Not Pastor Josh or Pastor Lori's schedule. Say Amen. <laughs> Well, I'm going to see if Pastor Josh can go to coffee. He's already at coffee with somebody. No, you need to go to coffee with somebody who sits on your row or somebody who sits in another section. Connect. Everybody say that. Say connect. Come on, connect. Connect. There is a a power, there is a synergy that would be released in here that uh, people would come from everywhere just to see. Just to see. Are you all right? I'm going to leave you alone now. I got to go. My time is almost up. I love love this aspect of connecting. Isaiah chapter number 6 and verse number 1. In the King James, it says, it's okay. The baby is not bothering me. It's fine. We have that all the time after church. That's a sign of a growing church. Say amen. Yeah. So y'all make babies, have babies. It's good. It's, it's, that's, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Isaiah chapter number 6 and verse number 1, Isaiah pro- makes this proclamation. In the, king, in the year that the king Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord. He was high and he was lifted up and his train filled the temple. I could preach that train thing, I'm telling you. And his robe, and that word train in the Hebrew translates him the hem of his garment. In other words, Isaiah saw the room full of the anointing. That'll go. Because right away then, I take you back to the woman with the issue of blood who had a revelation. She said, listen, I don't have to touch him. All I need to do is touch something that's touching him. You see, listen, you see how important it is that you touch the Lord? Because there's somebody you work with or a neighbor or a friend who may not be able to touch the Lord, but they can touch something that's touching him. Boy, you preaching in here. This is so good. Come on. Come on. I don't have to touch him. Everybody else is trying to touch him. But if I can touch something that's touching him, if I can make a draw on his anointing. And the moment she touched him, Jesus stopped everything and said, who touched me? Listen, there's a difference in this kind of touch and the touch of the hand of faith. Anyway, I digress. Isaiah said, I saw. Let's look at the word saw. Three, let me give you three things and then I close. 
the word saw, S-A-W. Isaiah saw the Lord. He surrendered, he abided, and he worshiped. He surrendered, he abided, and he worshiped. This is what it means to connect, to connect with God. Listen, and that, I want to jump to worship because I, I love your worship here. And they had like the family was up here. This one goes the family. Was, how many siblings were there? Three of you all, something somebody said. And they were just going at, I, you know, I didn't know that originally. When I looked at them, I was like, dag, that, you, that, that must be a result of rehearsal. They, you rehearse together long enough, you start looking alike. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They were looking alike. And then, so, so at the break, I, I asked them and said, oh, yeah, this is, my, this is my brother and this is my sister. This is me padre. I mean, I'm like, oh, my Lord. This is, it was just all of them. And, and it was great. The worship is great. Let me share this with you about worship. The, the, your Sunday morning worship can be no greater than your individual worship during the week. See, because we drag through the week and then we come on Sunday with an expectation that the worship team is going to deliver me. You stop making it their responsibility. Take the onus on yourself. Yeah, that's okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> you ain't got to like me, I'm gone. Come on here. You can't stop, stop expecting miracles out of them. You, you, when you get here on Sunday, listen, you should be on overflow. You, you should float into the building. Feet never touch the floor. You're just floating in, you know. Because <laughs> I've been with Jesus all week long, right? And I'm going to come here and I'm going to mix my overflow with your overflow and your overflow and your overflow and we'll see the power of God move in this place in a mighty way where during worship people are healed nobody laying hands on them nobody touching them maybe just maybe you bumped up against them and they touch something that's been touching him you okay Isaiah surrendered here am I here am I I'm, I'm not worthy I'm not able I'm not capable I'm not capable. Let me give you a clue. God calls us to do things. The, the, listen, you have to fight against being self-conscious. You have to fight against that. Listen, and the way to fight self-consciousness is to maintain God consciousness. Oh, I know I'm helping. You ain't got to say amen. Because someone we stand up here and we pull in and we tug in and we're worried about how we look. And I don't know about you, I have a radio face. I don't have a camera face. I don't have a television face. I have a radio face. <laughs> I'm best on the radio. You can hear my voice and can't see my face. But if I, if, if I slipped into self-consciousness, I would never be able to open my mouth. I would never be able to articulate a thought. Whether or not I had it written down, it wouldn't even matter. I, I would be so self-absorbed until I, I would be no good to God and certainly no good to you. But I maintain God consciousness. That's how you defeat self-consciousness. You okay? Now, I'm, I'm trying. All the ministers in the house, I'm trying to help. All the ministers, raise your hand. All the minist That's not a trick question. That's everybody. That's everybody. What does that mean? It means serve. That's everybody. That's how you do it. You, you, you maintain a God consciousness. We, we talked 
last week about having an over-exaggerated sense of self. Now, that can work negatively, <laughs> you know, because we could, we could think ourselves too small. To, remember the, the spies? Pastor Josh, I got to close. I'm done. Y'all remember the spies? They went out, they came back, and they're, 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 the ten of them said, listen, we were but grasshoppers in their eye. How do you know that? Which one of those giants did you talk to? It ain't, there's no record that they spoke to any other giants. Get away from me, you grasshopper. No, that's how they, that was self-image. That, was, that is an over-exaggerated sense of self. When you see yourself this big among a world full of giants, that's the sin of pride. See, we think it's the sin of pride when I think I'm the, I'm the best preacher in, in the city or in the world or in the room. or in, I'm not even the best preacher in my house. So you'll never hear me say that. You're, that girl over there can preach, okay? So it's, I, I bow and, and, I, and I give it up to Tony, right? Yeah. But when you think you're the greatest, that's an over-exaggerated sense. And when you think you're the least, that is an over-exaggerated sense of self. Both are the sin of pride. I love what Chuck Chuck Swindoll said years ago. He said, nobody be big, nobody be little, everybody be medium. That's a good word. (laughs) You might get that on the ride home. For lunch, you'll get that at lunch. Isaiah saw. He surrendered. And in, in the magnitude of everything that was going on, he decided to abide. He stayed there, and he worshiped. If we're going to win uh, the challenge of transition, you got you to surrender. You have to abide, and you have to worship. And you can't do any of it alone. You can't do any of it alone. You got to find a, a brother, a sister, a, a group, a small group, and say, hey, this is where I am. This is what I'm going through. And, and I'm sharing this with you because I need you. I need you to hold me accountable. And you recognize that accountability only works when you make yourself accountable. Okay. Yeah. Cease from striving. Come to him. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Do you know what it means to be in the yoke with Jesus? Do you know what that means? To be in the yoke with Jesus? I've never farmed. I've never been a farmer. Uh, Yeah, I'm not into that at all, but I know a little something about the yoke and yoking animals. What it means to be in the yoke with Jesus, you know you never yoke cross species. You always yoke the same species. So if you're yoking ox, it's an ox with an ox. It's a mule with a mule. It's a horse with a horse. You don't cross species in the yoke. So already when Jesus invites me into the yoke, it ought to change how I think about myself. Oh, help me, Jesus. Y'all going to make me do this by myself. Yeah, It ought to change how I think about. And then when you yoke animals, you yoke them relative size and relative strength. I may not be as strong as him. I may not be as big as him. But listen, greater is he that is in me. 
and he invites me into the yoke and all of my deficiencies, all of my inability, he charges, he lays his hand on me. And you can say like Jesus, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me for he has anointed me. And when in the anointing and the hand of God on your life, there's, there isn't anything you can't do, nothing you can't accomplish. You, yes, you can, you can go through COVID and all of these other situations that exist by the power of the living Christ, but you only see it in the yoke with Jesus. You okay? okay. I, I pray that something... I feel like that was rambling and rambled. It was, it was more, I think it was more succinct and cohesive this morning. Get the thing. Go back. It's, they did Facebook. Y'all did Facebook Live, right? Yes, yeah, so watch it later. Not because of me. That's the, the least of it. God is speaking to you. He is speaking to you, directly to you. Directly to you. Hear the voice of the Lord. Respond to the voice of the Lord. His train has filled the sanctuary. Now, how will you respond? How will you respond? What, what will your response be? Does that make any sense? Okay. Pastor Josh is coming, and I'm going. I love you. It's good to be with you. Praise God for you. If you just want to touch him this morning, would you stand? We don't have all the fanfare, and we're not gonna, I'm not going to work you up for five minutes, and we don't even have anybody on music right now. But just if you want to touch him, like you don't need all that to abide with him. You don't need to be in your perfect little quiet time spot with the Instagram-worthy picture filter, you know, the Bible open in a certain way and the coffee steaming just right to touch him this morning. To be to abide with him. God, we are so grateful that you have in you destined us to win. Because you win. Because you're an overcomer. We are more than overcomers. We're coming to you this morning, not because we need a win. Or because the transition is too great. But we're coming to you because you're, you are worthy to come to. And in faith this morning, our hearts are, have been challenged to respond in faith. We're coming to you like the woman in faith to just touch you to be with you. We trust that in that place we are healed, we're set free, our self-worth is established, our value is determined, communicated, that your favor rests upon us, that you fill us with your power, 
and with your glory. God, this is a holy moment. We recognize that every challenge, every transition, every situation we find ourselves in is an opportunity for your glory to be displayed. And it's not some arbitrary thing. Your glory is displayed in your people as we're full of you. So we come to touch you this morning, this afternoon. We believe by faith, even right now, that you're filling us with your power and with yourself, that your presence makes all the difference. And that we can just be ordinary men and women, but we're extraordinary because we have been with you. Lord, let your glory be displayed in us. Fill us with your spirit. Let your will be accomplished. We surrender to you. I pray that your people would be so aware of your favor on them. We know you've already poured it out that we would just be so aware and see so much of your favor in our lives that it would look ridiculous, that we'd be almost embarrassed by it. Not so that we would somehow have easier, better lives, but that your kingdom will be displayed as your people win and transition because you're with us. In Jesus' name. Jake's coming now to close us. Just uh, prepare your hearts.